we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 26, 2016. Um, actually, I'm <laughs> I had to wait two days before I could do part two. Just totally overwhelmed with work regarding the ministry, trying to answer inquiries and things of this nature. So <laughs> this is two days later. I apologize, it's going to be up a little bit late, um, probably on the 29th. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to do a brief, and I've done this before in another study, and I will give you the link to it, but because we're on this subject, I wanted to reiterate this information for newer listeners, listeners that might not have ever heard this information, and as a refresher regarding the biblical justification for the Nephilim, uh, the basically hybrids of, of human women and fallen angels, and how we can prove this biblically. And this is just a partial look at this. If you want to see the full study, i give you the link to that uh, below here. <clears throat> Matthew twenty four thirty seven. But as the days of Noe were, Noe means Noah, um, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay, where do we look at primarily what was going on in the days of Noah? Genesis 6. Luke 17.26, and as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Now, it also says as it was in the days of Lot, in those scriptures. And Lot, what was going on with Lot's day? Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, well, we, all you have to do is look around to see it's totally like Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, the whole movement of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. I mean, that's just like a noose that's being tightened around anyone's neck that doesn't go along with that and primarily christians because of what the bible says about that lifestyle uh so we already know that's firmly been established the, the, there's probably no other time in history um other than lot's day but even in lot's day think about that that was sodom and gomorrah that wasn't the whole planet bisexual lesbian transgender whatever movement that was a very specific locality and that's what actually got destroyed with fire and brimstone. Those localities. It was local. Okay, it wasn't worldwide. If it was worldwide, God would have destroyed the whole world again. But as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, <clears throat> so shall it be in the days. So we're, but we're seeing a global lesbian, bisexual, transgender explosion. Now granted, it's not that way in, uh, prevalent as much in every single country. A lot of countries still... Um, very, very much frown on that, or a lot of countries like the Middle East, they will kill you for that, but it's ironic that they will have their little chai tea boys rape little boys, um, commit all types of pedophilia in the Muslim world, and that's fine, that's okay, you know, but you can't have the, the actual gays out in the open doing it, even though the Muslim the Muslims are participating in the most debauched behavior you could even possibly conceive of. It's just the hypocrisy of Islam. It just knows no end. So then we go to Genesis 6-2. The sons of God saw that, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Two separate things we're talking about here. The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all which they chose. It wasn't a democracy. They took them wives, all that they chose, the fallen angels at this point. Okay. 
two verses ahead of that, Genesis 6-4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. After, oh, I'm sorry, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. Now, that when was, when was after that? Well, the, probably the greatest example of that would be in the Promised Land. This is after the flood. Most likely more, more angels fell, and this is why it says, and after that. And, and I believe this has continued to take place through time, it seems. Because it's not like, there's not other accounts of giants other than the promised land that we can, not only um, we can look at the Bible, but then there's a lot of other historical things throughout time where you actually see giants as well. Okay, maybe not on the scale, obviously not on the scale as Genesis 6, where I, it seems to be that God had to destroy the whole world because of what they had done. They had defiled humanity, taken over, defiled most likely even the animals, and the Book of Enoch gets into that a lot. And I'm not saying the Book of Enoch's canon of Scripture, but I do believe it's it's a commentary. It's an ex- the, the, the earlier chapters in the Book of Enoch is a expanding upon Genesis 6. If you don't know about that, Ken Enoch in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done one to two studies on that, and I tell you um, more about that. Anyway, so this is what we're looking at here. <clears throat> there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God, the fallen angels at this point, came in unto the daughters of men. That's a very um, sanitized way of saying they had sex with women. Okay, if these were just human men, why would it make this distinction? The sons of God came in under the daughters of men. If they were men, why are they called the sons of God? We're going we're gonna to expand on this even more. In other words, a distinction is being made here. And they bear children to them, the sons of God, the women bore children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. This is where we get a lot of the Greek legends, like I said before, of like Achilles. And I shouldn't have said Apollo before, because Apollo would have been a a, a fallen angel. But Hercules, Achilles, these types of, you know mythic figures the men of old the men of renown obviously in these two verses the sons of god are listed as distinct and separate when compared to the daughters of men in other words they are not human this is very similar to the verse also in reference to fallen angels uh, another verse but in this case during the end times we are living in where daniel 2 43 and whereas thou saw iron mixed with the miry clay this is regarding the end times they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Now, what was it just, what were, um, what did it just say in Genesis 6, 4? It says, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men. This is, these are two distinct entities, sons of God, daughters of men. Daniel 2, 43, regarding the end times, whereas thou sawst iron mixed with miry clay, they, something separate and distinct, the sons of God, shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, something totally separate and distinct, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, 
Maybe this is partially in reference to the problems listed in the first part of the study that we went over about not being able to easily integrate with the hubrids into human society. Maybe that also applies to the genetics of it all. Maybe this go-around, okay, after Genesis 6, when things were maybe a lot smoother for them, maybe this go-around they've had a lot more trouble integrating, mingling themselves with the seed of men. Not only that, but also integrating into society. I mean, in Genesis 6, they just went and it's like they smash over the head with a, with a, with a club and basically like, hey, we're here, we're going to take these women, they're going to be our wives, we're going to bear, and we're taking over. Well, it hasn't been that way this time, has it? Not overtly. So, and again, I'm speculating here a little bit, I'm thinking out loud a little bit, but maybe this is what we're in reference to here. Okay, but again, I'm not being totally dogmatic. I said it's got to be this way. I'm just throwing thoughts out there. Job 1.6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God, and this is Job. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. Okay, now remember, when you do a keyword search for the sons of God in the Old Testament, remember, the Bible says to compare scripture with scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept okay we're dealing with the old testament now the new testament has not been written yet okay the phrase the sons of god if you do a keyword search in the old testament occurs i believe four times um or five two in genesis one in genesis 6 2 one in genesis 6 4 and then um one in job 1 6 one in job 2 1 and i believe uh then job 38 7 so you've got five instances where the term the sons of god is used in the old testament in the new testament the sons of god that phrase which is from a total different derivation either greek or aramaic means a born-again christian okay that's what it means in the new testament but in the old it does not mean that christ hadn't even come yet theoretically and technically where there were no real christians in the old testament i'm not saying people didn't go to heaven but there wasn't really any real christians in the old testament why because a christian is a follower of christ christ hadn't even come yet yes there's types and examples of him in the old testament i'm talking about we're going to the old testament it's from the hebrew it's from a different language. it's from a different time period christ hadn't come yet what does the word what does the phrase the sons of god when is it used in the old testament always in reference to angels always there's no debate about this there is none it is always used in that so if we're going to be logical about this there's no argument here about the sons of god actually meaning the godly line of seth which was some heresy that was spewed forth way after the new testament was even written and i get into that in my teaching i debunk all of that augustine of hippo and um john calvin and these types of people that propagated it the early church knew what this meant okay the early church that like was with jesus they knew that it meant fallen angels there was no debate back then but then heresy entered in and this is why we have the debate to today it's not popular. It's, it's oh, oh, no, that's too, no, no, no. We can't be teaching that in seminary. 
We'll lie to the preachers in seminary. We'll teach them this son, godly sons of Seth garbage. If they were godly sons of Seth, why would they, why would they produce such a wicked offspring? <laughs> of, of the giants, the men of renown, the fallen ones, the Nephilim, which is where the word straight. That doesn't even make sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. And I shudder to say that this is going to be more real to us in the coming days than we could ever know about as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. I, I, I'm, this is what we're going to get into in the next part. So you better get this settled now, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. I'm not going to ever sugarcoat anything with this ministry. I'm not going to sit here and placate you. This is not a popularity contest. I'm not here to get popularity votes. I mean, I'm not here to offend you either, but I'm just here to present truth. And this is so obvious. It's so in your face. And the church has been totally lied to. Oh, I'm supposed to believe the Laodicean church described in Revelation 3 is where we're going to have to go to who are, who are blind, weak, naked before God, even though they think they're in need of nothing. I'm supposed to think that church is what's going to give me the truth. That in today's version, 501c3 corporate church yoked up with the government where the government gave them a right to literally exist and exist as a church so that they can write things off on their taxes. Sorry. And, and that, that's what I'm supposed to think. I'm supposed to believe that church. And that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says there's going to be a falling away, and that literal word means apostasia. Apostasy. A falling away of the church. The Bible warns about this. And then it, say, it goes on to say that for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That goes for the Laodicean blind church too, probably more than anything in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is why we need to love truth. We need to cling to truth. We need to seek truth. We need to pray for truth. We need to pray for wisdom, knowledge, understanding. This is why it's so emphasized in the books of books of uh, book of proverbs and psalms and these types of things get knowledge get wisdom get understanding they're more precious than rubies this type of thing wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy, thy word i mean it's all about the word of god and we get understanding knowledge wisdom from the word of god and the word of god is very very clear on the subject that we're going over today there, there's you know cemetery trained oh sorry i mean seminary trained 501c3 pastors for the most part have been brainwashed into this and have totally led their flocks astray and if the blind lead the blind they're both going to fall into a ditch and we're about ready to face some supernatural stuff most likely on planet earth that the world hasn't seen in a long time maybe you could go all the way back to genesis 6 for the most part the church is totally ill and unequipped to deal with any of it But the Bible predicted it would be that way. Which is also leading to the, the arriving and the arising of the Antichrist and false prophet. If there was a really, really strong, huge, born-again, Bible-believing, remnant Christian church on the planet during this time, that 
church would be pushing back the evil that is encroaching on us, but it's not happening. There's not enough of us to push back against it, but don't get discouraged because the Bible predicted it was going to be that way. No matter what you stand, you still always strive to be a good soldier for Christ. You don't back down against the enemy. You put on the full armor of God. You stand against the enemy. And, you know, worst case scenario, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, let's go back to this. Job 1.6, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now, if this, if this sons of God were, were human, how could they do this? They were in heaven? Yeah, some guys, you know, they were really amazing. They found a way to get to heaven, and they, they came to present themselves before the Lord. No, this was a normal occurrence. These were, these were good angels, because sons of God is a good term. Now, remember, when the sons of God fell in Genesis 6, they were sons of God, but when they fell, when they truly fell, was when they went into the women and they became fallen angels. Um, but up until that point, they had been known as that. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Job 2.1 Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And there's your second instance of it. If these were human men, how could they come to present themselves before God in heaven? Before his throne, most likely. This, these are angels, okay? How could humans pre present themselves before, before the Lord with Satan to dialogue with God? Does it make any sense? Now, look at the full context then of Job 38.7. Now, this really puts the, the final nail in the coffin of what the sons of God, that phrase in the Old Testament means. Job 38.4. Where was thou, this is God asking Job questions, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Where was Job? Man hadn't even been created yet. He was created on the sixth day. The foundations of the earth was on the first day. Where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Then, next verse, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof, of the earth? Next verse is key, Job 38, 7. When the morning stars sang together, angels, morning stars. And the sons of God shouted for joy angels sometimes in the bible one part of a verse will help define another the morning stars are angels and all the sons of god shouted for joy it has to be angels because man hadn't even been created when god laid the foundations of the earth which was the first day of creation i mean i mean again how do you how do you say that they're, on, they're not angels? How could this verse be in reference to humans when the time frame was when God laid the foundation of the earth on the first day? 
of the seven-day creation period. Man was created on the sixth day of creation, and the foundations of the earth were created on the first day. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Jumping ahead in time, Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our image. This was way later. After our likeness, when he says our, it's basically the Trinity. Or the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the Son, and God the Father. That's what our means there. It's not a misprint. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. This is why Satan hates us so bad because we're created in God's image. And God was the one that cast Satan out of heaven. So he's kind of got a grudge. Male and female, he created them. Not Adam and Steve, Adam and Eve. Male and female, created he them. And then going to verse 31, And God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good, and evening and morning were the sixth day. So there's literally, so the morning stars and the sons of God of Job 38.7 could only be in reference to angelic beings as neither man nor any other earthly creature had been created as of yet. <laughs> the word of God's awesome. <laughs> now, for a much more extensive look at this subject, see my teaching entitled Nephilim, Sons of God, Fallen Angels, Demons, Evil Spirits, Tartaros, Sons of Seth, Daughters of Cain, Augustine of Hippo, Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin, uh, warning, Bible study part one and two. I'll give you the links here. Or, I don't know, Key and Seth, you'll probably find it in the keyword search box. Okay, so I wanted to just go over that and, and kind of provide a, um, it was a, it's like kind of like a refresher. Now, that study is much more in depth um, that I just gave you. It's a two-part study. It's just dedicated to that. We, we did this thing in about 22 minutes okay um so we we have that so let's go to the next part here okay so um oh and i'm sorry it wasn't just 22 minutes it was probably more like over half hour um anyway got this email well, this came in yesterday so just more threats it's from some dude named he put his name arcane esoteric which is very, very extremely occultist type terms. And um, Global Orient 13 at, at gmail.com. He says, you need to take your website and content down. We, evidently, at the table of 13, are sick of your hate speech and your harsh judgments. <laughs> You cannot stop the darkness that's coming. Nothing you can do or say can stop what the masters of this world will do. <laughs> My reply, not going to happen. And Christians win in the end. See below, you're on the losing side. Get saved before it's too late. I give them a link to my True Salvation tab. Revelation uh, 20.10, And the devil that deceived them, which would be him, was cast... And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire in brimstone. That's the end of their master. 
cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So that's the team he's on. I want to make it real clear to him that he is on the losing side. You know? And I saw a great white throne, and the earth, and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Um, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things were, which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell... See, in other words, if you want to be judged according to your works, you can have that as an option. That's fine. You can, because basically the people that are in hell, that's, you know, I mean, if they were, let's say they were part of some false religious system, like Catholicism, or Seventh-day Adventist, or jehovah witness some cult or taoism or whatever all of these religions basically say you get to wherever you're trying to get to whether they call it paradise nirvana heaven whatever through works okay so if you want to be judged on that merit you have that as an option it says they were judged every man according to their works you can have it your way but it's not the way trust me you want to have it for you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, granted, good works will always follow. They should, fruit of the Spirit and good works and these types of things. But again, as I said before, you don't want to put the cart before the horse. Are you saved through those works? Okay, well, then you can point to your works for your salvation. Now, you're saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his sacrifice on the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that's how you're saved. And again, if you don't know what that is, click on, click on, click on the True Salvation tab at contendingfortruth.com. I don't know how many people have been saved uh, from this ministry, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Another thing, I don't know how much time we got, guys. <laughs> I mean, this... I can thing kicks in October 1st. Who knows? I mean, the, the way that I've been getting threat threatened to take down my website and um, from all these different occultists that evidently I must be chafing some really bad highs. I like never before because I've never gotten these kind of threats like I've been getting lately, ever. And then you have the fact of all the things they're doing in the run-up to the election to shut down free speech. I mean, you just look at the debate last night with Hitlery and, and Trump, and I'm not saying Trump's perfect, but it was Trump against the moderator and Hillary with all the questions. They had ear pierce, most likely earpieces in. It was so, one big collusion. You know, Hillary's got more dead body, more dead bodies and things in her history, in her closet, than Trump will ever hope to have. And none of that's brought up. It's just, you know pushed by the wayside and the free speech thing is really really ramping up they took michael savage off the air i believe that same day when he started bringing up stuff about hillary's health so when you start to see the big boys go down in the alternative media or in the right media like let's say michael savage 
Sean Hannity, Jones, these types of... And I'm not saying that means they're perfect. I'm saying that when they go down, and I really believe with Fox, because this takeover that just happened at Fox recently, um, where that guy was forced to step down over this trumped-up garbage, you know, they're, they're primed for it. I'm, I'm surprised Hannity's even still on there anymore. I am. Um, in the lead-up to this election, if those people stay on air, it will be a miracle. It will be a miracle. Because otherwise, mainstream media, I mean, maybe other than some of the things that go on in Fox, I mean, it's all just beyond pro-Hillary. Every single thing is absolutely out to demonize Trump and promote Hillary. And it is collusion like I've never seen. It's censorship like I've never seen. The last two emails that I sent out, my current event emails, I never got them. I sent two copies to myself. They weren't even in my spam folder. They were gone. My click-throughs on my newsletters are down at least I'd say 6 to 7%. So if you're not getting my emails, I don't know what to tell you. There's not a whole lot I can even do anymore. They were normally like 32, 33% open rate, which I don't understand why everybody's not opening them. I don't get it because it's all like cutting edge current events. But okay, but now it's down. It's down to like 26 or something. I'm not even, I mean, I just sent out a health newsletter and I got it, which was a blessing, but I really do believe it depending, uh, you know, the, the, the things, the links that I am sending out are being flagged and they're not even getting out. It's less and less and less. The Invive Silver site, uh, the dr-johnson.com site with the silver that got attacked this last whatever they had to totally revamp that site now it's it's on i think a separate server separate website brand new website even though it's the same website it's a brand new everything no viruses no nothing totally safe the contendingfortruth.com website has also this last week been totally revamped um, dedicated server, dedicated, I mean, the whole nine yards, ramping up for all of this stuff. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get ahead of this and thank God for, for my webmaster and, and, and the people at Invive Silver for getting on top of this because I really believe this is just the start of it and they're probably going to come down and they're going to really start. I mean, now granted, if Trump were able to get in, if he does do what he says he's going to do, we should have more time, logically enough. Unless we go into like a World War III scenario and all of a sudden we're in martial law, which could also be the case, and then who knows? I don't know. And again, then he could just be like any other dictator. I don't know. Um, but I just had to kind of say that because I really, I mean, the 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 days of this ministry may be numbered. And I'm not saying that because I don't have faith. I'm just being realistic. I, I mean, I always knew that there was going to come a day in time when things were going to go dark. I mean, the Bible the, the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, I must work the works of my Father who sent me. The night is coming when no man can work. And we're kind of 
seriously approaching that. And if you, I mean, like, you know, if there's things that you're, that you've held back on stocking up on, I'd do it because I don't know how much longer we got on the internet, you know, for whatever, whether it's survival gear, whether it's water purification, whether it's whatever, whether it's the 5,000 parts silver or some of the nutrients I have, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, at this point, I just don't know how much time we have. So, let's go further here with this verses in Revelation. Um, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, I want to remind this gentleman, this arcane esoteric, he is going to be cast into the lake of fire unless he repents. And I told him, get saved. Get saved. You know? And I know other witches have been saved. Like I just talked about in the first part. She's not the only one. When they see the power of God, and they really realize who has the power, you know, if they're just not a pure vessel of Satan, if they're just not a vessel of wrath fitted ahead of time, for God's destruction, well, there's no reason they can't get saved. Praise the Lord. You know, they still have to yield, but the Bible says the goodness of the Lord lead, leadeth thee to repentance, but it also says in another verse, the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. So sometimes it's the goodness of the Lord. You see the goodness of God. It becomes very, very apparent. You get, I mean, that's not typically a traumatic salvation conversion. But it can be the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. And that would be like both my parents. Basically took them dying horrible deaths in order for them to realize the state that they were in, the peril that they were in, um, and humble them, which a lot of times it comes down to humility, and them understanding the need for a savior. Whereas up to that point, there was too much pride blinding them to that truth. So, um, I hope you get saved. I really do. I mean, I, I don't, you know. But, you know, who knows? I might have another, you know, coven attack or whatever. Come, and then, you know, a whole bunch more witches die. I don't know. I, all I can say is that I was trying to astral project, astral project to me has not worked out so far for any of the witches or occultists or, or whoever is trying to get in here. Hasn't worked out for him. There's a body count now, essentially, from what I know. And I don't mean murder like, oh, I'm in here slicing them up with it. But the sword of the spirit is, you know, you die astral projecting. You get that silver cord cut. You die physically. It's over. It's well known among occultists. So, you know. My God is a mighty God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It ain't me. It's not me. <laughs> it is not me. Anyway, um, all right, let's go further here. Uh, actually, I am probably going to just end part two here. And I know it's a little bit short for a part, but I've got to play a very extensive audio clip next. And I really don't want to try to split it up. So I'd rather have it all in one part. So I'm going to go ahead and end part two here and we'll go to part uh, three next. God bless you.
and see you then.